Hello, listeners. This is Travis E. Taylor bringing you the next chapter of my novel, Good Clean Fun, the story of Mercury and her group of nine teenage misfits she uses to help build her empire. She will mold the world to her will in search of wealth and power. Puppeteering her team, she'll use violence to dominate the drug game in her small city. I'll be releasing this story as an ebook and as a podcast week by week, chapter by chapter. You can keep up with each release by following me on Facebook and Instagram with the handle Travis E. Taylor Author. Don't forget to like and subscribe on whichever app you're listening. Now, last time on Good Clean Fun, we met Jupiter, his authoritarian father, and Saturn. Jupiter had an unpleasant conversation with his father, which led to the unique choice of stealing his father's gun and bringing it to school, a poor choice he exacerbated by letting Saturn hold it in the middle of class. We are going to take a small break from Saturn and Jupiter, but trust me, they will be back. Now, we are going to check back in with Mercury, who is in the market for some fresh muscle for her entourage. We're going to follow her on her journey to find Mars, who will be voiced by my good friend, Mahir Desai. And with that, let's take a deep breath. Okay. Good, clean, fun. Chapter 7. Mercury. September. Mercury had landed herself the much-sought-after position of student office aide, a position reserved only for seniors such as herself. She was in charge of filing, delivering messages, and fielding the front desk visitors. She genuinely enjoyed the work, not the social aspect, but the clerical, She gently nudged the school secretary toward a more organized work life and found fulfillment in becoming a mentor of sorts to the middle-aged woman whose clothes always had a noticeable layer of cat hair. More importantly, this gave Mercury the opportunity to roam the halls and peek into classrooms under the guise of fulfilling her duties. She made careful note of which classes, teachers, subjects held which students, social dynamics, leaders, followers, strengths, and weaknesses but the most valuable observation she made was that the meatheads, for lack of a better term, all tended toward the west end of the building, the gym, metalwork, auto class, and woodworking. For the last couple weeks of extensive research, she carefully calculated her next move. She had to consider more than just where she could find her organization's much-needed muscle. She also needed to consider where she would blend in and where she could keep her plausible deniability should an unfavorable situation arise. She was expediting her search for Mars in the aftermath of a sour deal the week prior where Mercury found herself woefully outgunned. A local factory worker was displeased with Mercury's pricing and had decided to skip the payment portion of the transaction. He punched her in the face, most likely at 50% power, and grabbed a handful of product. Laying on her side on the pavement outside Dixie Industries' large factory, Mercury surveyed confusedly her upturned pill case. Her merchandise was scattered across the dimly lit parking lot. She was surprised and embarrassed by the altercation and her own naivety. She had considered the police her only real obstacle, never expecting her clientele to be a liability. In retrospect, she had gotten lucky. Her eye had healed in only a few weeks. After collecting her thoughts and icing her wound, she made a couple important modifications to her business plan. One, she would begin taking a boxing course at Jim's Boxing Club in town. Two, she would be more cautious in her dealing and more distrusting of her customers. 
This caution would inevitably cut into her profits. Therefore, three, she needed muscle of her own. This is where Mars came in. After some deliberation with her counselor and hinting towards some in-class racism, she made the switch from her drafting class, second period, to woodworking. Everything fell into place with relative ease, all except Neptune, who was already taking the same class, the same period. Neptune was obedient, intelligent, useful, and capable, but some tasks called for a more hands-on approach. She wanted to see genuine interactions, but Neptune had a presence. Strong, good-looking, social, students both male and female seemed to change around him, mostly for the better, which again could be very useful, but not here, not now. Neptune, I need you to do something for me, she said loudly from the bathroom as she ran her hands under the sink to wash off his semen. The gentle curves of her caramel buttocks peeked out of the bottom of the baggy t-shirt she borrowed from him. His parents were out of the house as usual. Of course, you just tell me how high. He said this good-humoredly, laying naked and winded in the bedroom across the hall, but she was about to test how true his jest was. His muscular arms were glistening mocha. His hands intertwined behind his head as he stared euphorically at the ceiling. I need you to ditch first and second period all this week. Silence. She knew this would be a big ask. He had been so excited to hear they would be sharing a class together. Yeah, I guess I can do that. He was wounded. He would have no problem maintaining his grades, and no one would ask any questions given Neptune's respect for and from the staff. I have my eye on a couple of guys, and I need space to feel out the situation. It shouldn't take more than a couple days max. Gotcha, he responded curtly. And there it was. Mercury could walk into introduction to woodwork, a single woman lost in a man's world, the role she needed to play to find Mars. Entering the classroom, she found herself excited not only for the task at hand, but also by the notion of learning how to operate the powerful machines that presided over the room, displaying far more control over the students than the teacher cared to try for. She found a seat at the workbenches near the front of the class. Inopportune location, but given the breed of students, all the back seats were taken. Only the top of Mr. Isla's bald head peeked out from the other side of his office window. His feet were propped up comfortably on his desk. Several minutes past the bell, students were still finding their way into class. She understood their lack of haste, given Mr. Islas did not greet the class until a full ten minutes after class started. Midway through his demonstration on sanding techniques, applied to a small cedar chest, a group of her white classmates made their way shoving and laughing to the back of the room. Hey, Mr. Islas, how's it hanging? One of them asked rudely. Mercury was sure this would be pushing the teacher too far, but he only responded with a sigh and continued his demonstration. After Mr. Islas had receded back to the seclusion of his office to wait out his final years before retirement, Mercury looked around to search for Mars. There were nearly half a dozen men in the class with the necessary size and brute strength, but she had other criteria. They needed to be controllable, or at the very least directable. They couldn't have drug problems or anger problems. They needed to be calm and preferably dumb. A gang of tall gentlemen, some bordering on hefty, cut it up behind the table saw, 
apathetically cutting at a piece of spare wood. Periodically, they dared to steal a glimpse at Mercury. Given their air of crude entitlement, this knocked a good chunk off of her list of prospects. Trying her best to busy herself with standing the chest Mr. Islas had given her, fully constructed already, she slyly studied her other contenders. She lost track of two of them until she noticed the crack in the side door outside and some smoke billowing in. She was sure it was tobacco, not that weed would have been a deal-breaker, but the disregard for social expectations was. She couldn't have someone in her outfit who would willfully draw the wrong kind of attention. Then she spotted a mountain of a man bent over his station, just beyond a group of nervous freshmen. Mars sat alone, diligently sanding his chest. He looked blind to the world around him. Mercury felt a flutter of hope. She gathered her courage and her chest, then crossed the room to sit beside him. Hey, I'm not sure if I'm doing this right, she spoke sheepishly. Do you think you could give me some pointers? Without looking up, Mars grumbled, big fucking surprise, and continued sanding. I'm sorry? Mercury tried to suppress her fury, but marked the myriad of sharp objects scattered around the room. I said, big fucking surprise. The room went eerily quiet. You can't be the only one to not notice there's no women around here. Mars gestured around with his jaw dropped, showing numerous cavity fillings. You can't maneuver your way around sandpaper? Shocker! Go take jewelry or some shit. He then turned back to his sanding. The group of mouth-breathers at the back wore looks of discomfort as Mercury gathered her chest and returned to her original seat. Not prone to tears, she was surprised at the effort it took to hold them back. But she knew if she left class now, it would be that much harder to show her face tomorrow, and she needed to find Mars, even if that slack-jawed piece of shit wasn't him. Despite herself, she wished Neptune was there, and the shame of that thought pushed a real tear out of the corner of her eye. Thinking it could only help, she applied eyeliner that morning. Eyeliner that now traced a slash down her cheek. She reached into the front pocket of her book bag. Digging around for her notebook, she felt the cool metal of the gold-plated brass knuckles she had purchased from the downtown Donville pawn shop. A hexagon of polished metal surrounded each of the four holes, giving every knuckle a broad, flat point of contact. She considered withdrawing them and popping their cherry, but instead found a butterscotch. She unwrapped the candy, then busied herself scratching out half a dozen names from the list within her notebook. When it came to Norman Reynolds, she circled it, putting a dark X on both sides. When the bell rang and she could rush out of class, Mercury found the nearest restroom and hid in the well-graffitied stall until she was confident the hallways had cleared. She threw water on her face, studying the herself in the mirror. A pair of bronzed eyes stared back at her, disappointed. She tongued the gap in her front teeth, surely the only thing people saw when they looked at her. She delivered a sharp slap across her cheek, straightened her back, and headed to her AP language class, chin lifted desperately high. Upon entering class late, Mrs. Sampson locked eyes, preparing to address the transgression but the signs of a bad morning sat plainly on Mercury's reddened face, so nothing was said. She sat at the back of the class quietly and counted the minutes until it was over. 
After her peers herded out the door, she collected her things slowly and again waited for the hallways to empty before heading to physics. This scared mouse behavior was not her. She was better than this. Her inner dialogue was harsh and unforgiving. Finally arriving at Mr. Hartman's physics classroom, the whole class was gathered around one of the lab tables near the wall of windows showing the first of the falling leaves. Students stood with cupped hands biting and licking at bright green cupcakes topped with sprinkles. A student amiably rested his hand high atop the strong shoulder of Sid Dial and started singing, Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you. The teacher was off to the side with an impatient look on his face, which lasted only until he received a cupcake himself. Sid sang along with a wide smile on his chestnut face. Happy birthday, dear Sid Darth. Stating his full first name, though his classmates, Mercury included, only knew him as Sid. Mercury's eyes went to the broad-shouldered beast that stood in plain sight even behind the crowd, a full foot taller than his peers. The pleased look on his face was nearly childlike. His copper gun-barrel arms stretched tight his orange SDHS t-shirt. His tree-trunk calves filled his joggers that would have been loose on anyone else. Taking a chunk out of a cupcake, Sid spotted Mercury across the room and lumbered over with an extra cupcake in hand. This one's for you, he said as he handed her a fluffy vanilla pastry with a swirl of pink frosting that all five of his fingers had sunk into, having grabbed it from the top. Even in its distorted form, she could tell it was homemade. She would expect no less from Mrs. Dial who had been a predominant presence at any PTA-led event throughout Mercury's time in school. She had a powerful dignity, and within a couple of minutes of talking to her, you would surely hear about her blossoming career as a genetic researcher that she was forced to abandon upon immigrating to America and taking a full-time position as a housewife. As Mercury accepted the treat, Sid licked the remaining frosting off his palm. Thank you, Sid and happy birthday. He smiled broadly and swiped his hand to the side as if it were no big deal. Yeah, I turned 18 yesterday. My mom got me a bench press and some new sneakers. He motioned down to the two size 15 boats, clean white with a red Nike swoosh. It was safe to assume they were custom-made, given the Dial family held a large portion of the only wealth Donville had to offer. Hey, Ricardo told me about what happened with Norman Woodshop. Mercury could feel the red creeping back to her face. My mom says girls can do anything guys can do. He pondered upon his mother's wisdom for a moment. I don't think it was right what he said to you. I already talked to him. I don't think it'll happen again. But I wanted you to know. Another pause. Women have certain rights, just like blacks and other minorities, like me. He froze again in thought, then looked down at Mercury's smushed cupcake. You should eat that. It's good. Looking up at Mars's broad face, she saw safety in his kind, hooded eyes. Mercury took a bite to appease him, wiped her mouth with the back of her hand, then said, Thank you, Mars.
Well, I hope you enjoyed this chapter of Good Clean Fun. Again, I will be releasing the story chapter by chapter, week by week. If you are eager to see what happens next, the next chapter is already available on Amazon Kindle and Ladderpress. Links to both can be found on my website, travisetaylor.com. If you like the story, do me a favor and leave a rating or a review on whatever app you're listening on. And most importantly, please tell a friend about it. Uh, Spread that good, clean fun. I would like to thank my good friend, Mahir. Uh, We taught together down in Brazil at the same school, and... uh, We used to spend a lot of time together running and biking and and drinking and all that. Um, But unfortunately, uh, he's still down there, and I haven't seen him in quite a while. I miss him dearly. But uh, I've been lucky enough, or rather, he's been gracious enough to be a beta reader for me, as well as voicing Mars. He's uh, an Indian American himself, and he's been giving me feedback on Mars and and his family and uh, what to expect in terms of the culture. And I'm very grateful for that. And we'll see a little bit more of Mars's uh, family and culture and all that in the near future. So something I'm going to start trying to do on our podcast is asking our guest readers what they are currently reading. So Mahir, what are you currently reading? So this year has been pretty pathetic in what what I've been reading. Um, I think sadly, the Four or five books I've read this year have all been from Amazon Reads. Free books that I get for paying a hundred and something dollars to Amazon Prime every year to not be able to do much in Brazil. But um, Death in the Sunshine was a detective thriller about four retired detectives living in Florida. Pretty bad. Not an overwhelmingly strong endorsement uh, from Mahir. But uh, me and Mahir um, spent a lot of time discussing books, and uh, he's usually got quite a few good ones up his sleeve. I would also like to thank Danny Contreras, who is responsible for today's music. And lastly, thank you for making the time to join me. See you next week for more good, clean fun, when we'll get a little bit more time with Saturn, our little gun-toting hellraiser. See you then.